Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. My name is James Carey. And my name is Dave Cohen. And this is the season finale episode, <laughs> episode 222 of the Sitcom Geeks podcast. It is the last episode we are planning to do. Uh, I mean, never say never, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like it's never. How are you feeling, Dave? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been fascinating, actually. It's it's been about some um, a couple of months, I think, since we uh, decided that we would we would uh, cease to be, as they might say, um, on Monty Python. So uh, that, yeah, and, and I, I initially, uh, I, I can say it was mm. your your uh, suggestion, and in fact, we we been through over the years occasionally one of us might say oh i'm not sure about are we still it, doing the other this one. yeah that kind of like is this yeah are we, yeah okay let's just do another three months and see and then at the end of that we go oh i feel much better now about it mm. but this time it really was a uh, uh you know i want to I, I i want to stop doing it and that was your yeah that was your mm. suggestion uh and you know maybe elaborate for now, exactly what was sort of going through your mind at that point. Yes, I think, um, I know I listen to a lot of uh, sport and watch a lot of sport and they do say, when you know, you just know when you're retiring, you know, Michael Vaughan or whoever, the England, former mm-hmm. England cricket captain says, once you don't, don't, don't want to do it anymore, you suddenly realise you don't have to and then you don't want to. Um, so I think there was a bit of that and I just thought, you know, it feels like we're saying the same things quite a lot and uh, this doesn't take no time at all. And also, there are now 222 episodes that are going to exist. And I don't think we're planning on taking any of them down. And actually, let's just say it now. The Patreon scheme will continue. And the reason for that is that there's a whole load of extra audio that um, that you can access if you join us on Patreon. So that's still going. And there's lots of first 10 pages where we read people's 10 pages and then go back and... Um, uh, and go over them and talk about them. And those have been for Patreon only. Um, so you can listen to all the old episodes of that. And there's going to be a new thing continuing, Dave, isn't it? Where you're going to continue to read the first 10 pages of anything. Yeah. Not tax returns, right? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so not, 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 not everything. Well, I, I guess if you can sort of turn it into something mm-hmm. creative. And certainly we, we know a few people who've been very creative with their tax returns. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah. I think um, the, the, the idea is um, to expand just beyond the sitcom mm. uh, and, um, you know, radio, sitcom and TV. And actually, the first couple of chapters of your book, because I think what, what, one of the things and certainly one of the reasons why when you said, mm. let's stop. And one of the reasons why I thought, you know what, that's a really good thought was because of. Uh, the fact that I've been thinking more and more of, uh, and this week on Sitcom Geeks, we're talking about Dave's novel. And next week on <laughs> Sitcom Geeks, it's going to be James's comedy drama. Yeah. And um, mystery the word, yeah. 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 Uh, and plus, when we did talk about sitcom, it was usually to say, and uh, they're not making so many, and the ones they're making are rubbish, and, you know, and uh, and all that. And and I I have been thinking, you know, there's a, there's there's... There's more, you know, hmm. for people who are starting out, there are there are more options. You're more likely hmm. to get something out there. Okay, if you're writing topical jokes or whatever, but you know, if you can write a book about something, fiction or non-fiction, and it is a massive undertaking, I have to say, but you can actually do it yourself. 
Yeah. And uh, and the rules of book writing are really very, very similar to, you know, all the rules of, of, of uh, sitcom and drama. You know, there's, there's very little that's different when you're talking about uh, writing, a, writing comic fiction mm-hmm. um, to uh, yeah. writing a comedy drama or a sitcom. They, they, sitcom is the only one, I think, of everything that breaks the rules of having this thing that yep. the character learns at the end. But even in a comic fiction book, uh, say uh, P.G. Woodhouse or uh, Adrian Mole, say, yeah. um, the, the thing that the character learns at the end isn't enough to change them. Yeah. It's just, uh, it might change them in that moment. But Adrian Mole is pretty much the same uh, same guy in book eight yeah. as he is in book one, yeah. just as Bertie Wooster is the same yeah. person and Jeeves is the same person. Yeah. So so I guess it is uh, the, the pretty much, you know, like sitcom really. And, and, and you know, everything else is uh, a story that people want to read and characters who are funny, compelling and, you know, Jokes, character-driven jokes. Yeah. What's the difference between that and sitcom? So, so if you've got, uh, you know, your first five thousand words of your novel, and uh, you know you want to get some uh, a, a bit of input, there isn't really anything out there that's doing that. And uh, I'm going to be doing a, a monthly. Uh, Surgery, I suppose, but I mean, bring your sitcoms as well, by all means. Hmm. But um, let's um, let let's hear those. Yeah. Or so, let, let me hear those, yes. James. You are spared yes. from that, this ten-page re- challenge. I have been released into the wild uh, <laughs> to go to go and write sitcoms, uh, which I still really want to do. I want to spend more time writing and less time talking about it. Um, I'm still interested in helping other people write uh, sitcoms too. Uh, I've, so I've got I've moved my blog over to the Situation Room, which is a Substack now. So if you go to my old blog, um, it's all now sort of being moved and re, uh, represented, and there's new material and stuff over at the Situation Room. Where I'm also going through my writing, uh, writing that sitcom book, and putting up the audio as well, sort of chapter by chapter, week by week. See, if you're not sick to death of my voice after 222 <laughs> episodes, and you don't listen to my other podcast about Christianity called Cooper and Kerry Have Words, then if you go to the Situation Room on Substack, uh, you will find um, you will find a, a weekly update uh, from that book and other bits and pieces of what I've done or, or might yet do in the future and eagle-eyed people will notice that it's actually the situation room because there's a typo Ooh. in my uh, in my url <laughs> and i can't do anything about it i'm stuck with it so it's the situation uh, room but, that's a um, fantastic word actually james yes as uh, in the education of sitcom <laughs> thank you for Brilliant. salvaging that it's a, it's a massive great error that i didn't notice for about a month you know, I literally situation, 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 situation. No, situation. Situ- it's worse. It's situation. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, Learn about yeah. sitcom writing. Well, yes. So say, except it's not situation. It's situation. So, um, ah. yeah. No, thank you for <laughs> for trying to put, yank that one out of the fire, but it hasn't quite worked. Yeah. So that's well, it, that's there as well. Dave's website will be obviously continually updating. Uh, Dave. Yeah, I too. I. I too have been uh, building, rebuilding the website, and yeah. so my website is the same as ever, DaveCohen.org.uk. But there's a new extra uh, button at the top there, which says "Add Funny to Fiction." So basically, I've got two two things now. So if you want to write for TV or radio, that's that. That's kind of the stuff we've been doing here for 222 episodes. Mm-hmm. But if you want to write uh, books 
as well, or novels, then uh, that's a separate uh, area. But um, as yeah. I say, there's a lot of overlap in what's what's required in both. But you can find it all on my uh, website. And also, I've got a new, uh, not so not that new, but uh, I'm, I'm giving away. If you sign up to my uh, newsletter, you get the book that I wrote during COVID, which is called "If Only I Had the Time." And it's about how to how to keep writing when there's a pandemic on. But it's actually about more than that. It's about dealing with what they call writer's block mm. or, you know, they're at, at getting into the habits of writing every day and that sort of thing. Yeah. How do you get onto that mailing list? Uh, you just go to the website, yeah. davecohen.org.uk, and it's on the front page. It says uh, yeah. sign here to get your free copy of If Only I Had the Time. Yes. Yeah. Um, and a very helpful newsletter that comes with that as well, which I also get. Um, so I would recommend oh, that. Good. We are shortly going to talk about actual sitcoms and we are talking about last ever episodes of sitcoms, <laughs> which is quite an interesting and revealing thing. And we, frankly, we can't even agree on how we should end this podcast. About what, what are we going to play ourselves out with? Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, copyright wise, we probably can't use anything. So uh, oh, but I'm, okay. not, I'm not sure enough. that's going to stop us. Yeah. Um, but um, but yes, yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that in a moment. But yeah, so we're also uh, still on Twitter. I'm still sitcom geek on Twitter, and probably will continue to be. I'm also that James Carey uh, on Twitter as well, which is more of my kind of my Christian hat on and all those sort of other things. And Dave's obviously on uh, Twitter, and sitcom geeks, I guess, will remain there as well and be updating on on this, that, and the other as well. So yeah, I I, I plan to hang on to mm. that and maybe do some stuff on there as yeah. well um yeah. uh, we'll we'll see we'll yeah. see what happens it's um, a, the future is yeah. unknown and soon we'll be able to hear dave's voices uh, voice on um a, a podcast about self-publishing uh, that'll be coming up soon won't it why don't you just tell us a bit about yeah. that it's called the uh, it's it's called the self publishing formula the show it's a very it's a, it's a uh, I, I, I feel slightly uh, this um daunted or was daunted because this was like the, my first podcast that I get to do is with probably the most or the second most successful self-publishing podcast show in the world mm. and uh, it's um, run by a guy called Mark Dawson who's a an author who uh, who's written about 463 crime novels wow. and has sold 800 million copies yeah. but he also runs a fantastically successful course for people to uh, how to advertise your books on Facebook but they have this weekly podcast as well uh, which I've been interviewed for so yeah. that's coming out sometime in July yeah it's um, called the self-publishing show actually is the yeah. name of the podcast yeah so uh, so you can you can hear that as well and there, there, there are now other lots of other things out there as well I know we've had Joanna Penn on this podcast before and obviously she's got uh, the creative pen podcast as well hmm. for those who uh, also want to kind of keep listening to stuff about yeah, writing if you are interested in writing novels but, yeah but uh, I think so many of it so much of it just carries over in terms of principles life hmm. lessons attitudes to writing how to keep going how to do stuff yourself um, I think all those all those things apply. So I, I listen to lots of these things, even though um, having twice failed to write and the same novel twice, uh, I still have these sort of notions. And actually, I, I've probably got a couple of non-fiction books in in my head as well that I will probably write over the next couple of years. So you know, the same applies um, uh, to to those things as well. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. let's move on and talk about 
uh, final episodes of sitcoms. And the reason that they are possibly so controversial and tricky, we should probably just say up front, is there's a whole, there's a whole raison d'etre philosophical existential problem with the last ever episode. How do you mm. end a show that's not meant to end? How do you give an act three to a format that is a permanent act two, as we often say on no. this podcast? A sitcom is a precinct of characters, a web of relationships, and no one changes, no one learns. And therefore, how do you end satisfactorily or do you just end? I mean, there are yeah. examples of sitcoms where, um, where they just ended and maybe they thought they were going to write more, but, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, I've, uh, I didn't, I, I've written two Radio 4 sitcoms where I didn't know, in fact, three technically, where I didn't know that was the last episode. I was not given the option before they cancelled both Think yeah. the Unthinkable, which I believe is back on iPlayer at the moment, and Hut 33. Um, that got cancelled as well, and I'm hmm. quite sad about that. And I, and I, it's one of the shows I get more comments about than virtually any other show that I've done. Actually, is Hut Thirty Three, and uh, it was just like, no, we had enough of that. Although, I see in the notes here, uh, Dave, you say that John York says no show should be allowed to continue beyond three series. Hmm. I think that's wrong. I, I think it's wrong, and uh, and it's also you know here is a man who has script edited uh, EastEnders, which I suppose <laughs> you know I suppose is still well, series one it technically, is. Yeah, isn't yes, it? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I always I remember a, a joke that has stuck with me for forever from on Twitter by a, a man called John Dredge, who mm. is a fan of this show and a, a very funny guy, and he said. Uh, he said, "I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm currently reading uh, the Archers. It's four million words long, yeah. <laughs> like it's a sort of single book." Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think when John York says it, he's sort of saying it slightly tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, in fact, sorry, just go back to John Dredge uh, on Twitter. Yeah. I, I said, "Give us your best and last, but um, best and worst last episodes." And John Dredge said, "The last episode of Mash is meant to be good, but I've yet to find the requisite ten hours to watch it." <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute monster, wasn't it? This, it, yes, yeah. it was. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think it wasn't at the end of the war. It was. They, they all got. They, 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 yeah, they all got sent off, sent sent home. Yeah, and it was a lot. Oh God, it I just mean, went on really, for ages. Yeah. And again, why? Why would you do a feature length version of something that is only meant mm -hmm. to be twenty two minutes long or twenty five minutes long? It's just. It's, it's well, you know, it's a, it's. It, I guess. I may be completely wrong here, but maybe it's the gold clock, <laughs> you know. Maybe that's it's your retirement present yeah. for leaving. Your last episode is going to earn you four times as much money <laughs> as maybe, uh, yeah, as normal. And uh, you know, we're well, going to have. I think it feels more like the golden clock in the sense of you get to leave everything in this time. You don't have to take <laughs> anything out, which is not a good thing. It's it's a good thing that you get notes and can't. Yeah. Do everything you want to do. Yeah. You, this is though, yeah. I, I, and this comes to another uh, issue as well. I mean, this is definitely a problem when you when you're working on a show uh, that is successful, and as a writer, having worked on a few shows and having been involved in shows that have been very successful, you kind of know in your heart when you should have quit, and 
the fact is though that somebody is saying here's some more money write this thing that you can write in your sleep and um, you enjoy doing and it and it keeps you up there and you know it pays the bills for another year or walk away yeah and you know and and to all credit to um the the, the um the guys at, uh, ghosts guys and gal uh, ghosts and horrible histories yeah uh ben uh, matt larry uh jim uh and simon uh and martha they the first five series of uh horrible histories massively massively successful and they said right we're stopping now five five series mm-hmm. that's it and they've done exactly the same with ghosts great really successful show ghosts no, no reason that ghosts needed to stop when it did but they said that's it we are we are the the people who give you five series mm. and then we walk away and uh, I, I really admire that. And it, I, it just because obviously they've got other ideas and things they want to do. And but also obviously they could have stayed on and carried on with Ghost. But now Ghost has finished in the same way that those first five series. I mean, Horrible Histories did continue <laughs> without them, uh, which is a, a very different story. Mm. But, you know, that's it for Ghost. Nobody's going to come back and, you know, it didn't set the world alight but it was it's a lovely show and it did what it did and now they've they're going to come up come up with a new thing and you know good luck to them yeah i mean it's not for me to say you shouldn't stop after three but i note well i think when i spoke to eric chapel many years ago and you can go back and find that episode he is the writer or was the writer he sadly died last year he was the writer of um Rising Damp, Only When I Laugh, Duty Free, Home to Roost, Fiddlers 3, as well as sort of lots of other plays. But I think he said consciously that he didn't want to do more than four series of anything. So he did four mm. series of Rising Damp. Yeah. In my view, that could have run and run for at least another four. Yeah. He did three series of Duty Free, which is one of my favourites. I liked it as a kid anyway. Yeah. He did four series of Home to Roost. Oh, yeah. Who wants a John Thor vehicle to run and run? Yeah, get, <laughs> get that off the television. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. People are really surprised when I say, uh, oh, you know, Rising Damp was only uh, 20, 24 episodes. Yeah. And they go, what? Because it's been on, it's been repeated so many times. Yeah. And it's so original that you don't necessarily realise you're watching the same episode that you saw, you know, that there, there were only 24 episodes. You know, in, in America, that's one season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's brilliant. That Same he with did that Only When well. I Laugh. Uh, but he did yeah. four episodes. Sorry, four series of that. There were twenty nine, all together. Yeah. And I guess he was living in an era where he was cautiously optimistic that when he wraps up um, Only When I Laugh in nineteen eighty two, that he's going to get another show on because he's also the guy that did Rising Damp. So he went mm. on to do Duty Free and uh, and Home to Roost. So he wasn't short of work, and there was just an appetite for an Eric Chappell sitcom. Um, mm. And in the same way that there has been for many years for a Roy Clark sitcom with, you know, Still Open All Hours and um, uh, Last of the Summer Wine and mm. uh, those those sorts of things, keeping up appearances. But I don't know. I, I just always wonder. I did script edit a show a while back and the person who created the show was really getting fed up with it for all the variety of reasons. And I said, do not wish this away because... <laughs> 
it might take you a long time to get another show on television. So be very, very careful before you just, just think, oh, I'm done with this now and um, oh, I'm sure I'll think of something else. Well, you might think of something else and they might not agree that that's something else uh, is yeah. what they want. And it, you might have to go around. And when we spoke to them, I feel like I'm doing a bit of a, a, a medley here. When we spoke to, for episode 150, we spoke to Andy yeah, Hamilton and Guy Jenkin. Yeah. And after... Uh, uh, what was 15 that? pilots. 15 pilots after they did... I've forgotten what it was called. Their, their big... Um, names, their, yeah, they're, they're outnumbered. Outnumbered. So after outnumbered, you would think, well, whatever they want to do next is surely absolutely fine by anybody else. No. Mm. <laughs> and they got, they got Kate and Koji on after, mm. you know a dozen pilots it's like how would that be so you just want to be a bit careful you know these are all nice problems to have of course we're talking to a very small yeah. number of people with a sitcom on tv who are thinking about packing it in but mm. that's why i guess these sitcoms do go on and on and i and i would i would happily have done a full series of bluestone and we wanted to but would have, we would have done it somewhere else we would have sort of yeah. contrived to get most of the team back together in Mogadishu or somewhere like that, we would have had them, the Colonel would have got them all back um, and we would have had them trying to take bombs off um, Somalian pirate ships and that kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, because if you've got something and the audience like it, you're just so far ahead of creating a new sitcom. And, and this is why the movie business is so difficult because every single new movie is pretty much a new thing. And the odds are it's not going to work and that's why franchises are so popular anyway long rant over <laughs> well that's okay because i'd like to bring out two things off the back of that long rant firstly as you just what you just said yeah uh about movies are new things and that that plays back into what we we're saying at the beginning but i think the figure is something like 40 percent of new movies are uh, based on novels right so uh so it's not a new thing it's a thing that has already been proved to be yeah. a success yeah um as in you know so there's less risk in that so that's another another reason yeah. to think about writing a book but I'd, I'd also like to come back though to this um i, I i'm going to go to both extremes here um and talk about you know yeah not not killing the golden goose or whatever mm. i'm going to start with because it's in my head having watched a bit of elton john at glastonbury last night and comparing and contrasting with the paul mccartney at glastonbury a year ago um which i've probably watched about 15 times since then and um both both of whom i was a very big fan of in my teenage years uh but even so, there is something about the live watching Elton John live that is just not quite as incredible as watching Paul McCartney live. And these are two of the hugest stars in the universe, yeah. and they have just carried on doing what they do and doing what they do. Um, but there's something about what Paul McCartney has carried on doing what he does, which is to always try new and original things and. You know, he hasn't... Obviously, you can't sustain the level of new and original that he managed to do through the entire 1960s and 1970s and most of the 1980s. 
but even so he's still he's still searching for that extra thing so but but it's still a three minute song mm. a three minute pop song yeah so there even within that that's so, so that's the pro side i would say of yes yeah, stick with it keep going keep doing the thing that you the one thing that you know you do brilliantly mm. and that you are the best in the world at keep doing that really really well but the other thing that i've keep coming back to since she said it and i, I i've probably mentioned it every episode since since it happened but it was the uh, the bcg comedy conference where uh, the the uh, head of bbc sounds uh, julia mckenzie the comedy uh of BBC Sounds says when she's looking for a new sitcom she's looking for something that she thinks can sustain 18 episodes which which feels to me for a new writer a much more realistically interesting way of looking at how how long is a sitcom how long should a sitcom be and if you can make something that is fantastically brilliant for 18 episodes and that finishes perfectly on episode 18 then by it you will be asked back to write something different or it's good enough for 18 episodes and then you'll get back asked to write another series of it so yeah i i, I think that's a nice for someone you know relatively starting out i think that's a nice kind of halfway house between i want to be i want to write the next friends <laughs> to I just want to get something on yeah. you know so in between that I think the 18 episodes is a really good good yardstick for people yeah I think that's really helpful because it, it's an achievable number of episodes and as you say the odds are if you can do 18 you could easily do six more there's just you know you'd have there'd be six ideas that you really liked that you didn't have time to do and didn't work out for whatever reason and then you think of three more which will supersede them anyway and so so yeah I mean I could have I say happily done another six part 33s without you know if you ask me tomorrow to come up with six episodes I could probably do that in a week or two as just like ideas and then write them um so once you've got the world and the characters because what you're trying to do with a sitcom is you are trying to create a world a precinct some characters some relationships and all you need to do is drop in the story of the week uh which is this thing that thing uh there's a new coffee machine uh, there's a, you know, somebody decides to lose weight. Um, there's a sponsored tournament. There's a thing. And suddenly, you know, that th- th- the wheels start to turn and the episode doesn't exactly write itself. It's not quite an AI process, but there is an element of that. It should, it should kind of write itself uh, in that mm. sense, although you want to, want to work hard to create some surprises and bits. But in a way, one of the reasons that the audience like sitcoms is they do know what they're getting so they do want the version that sort of writes itself and if you decide to um, completely subvert their expectations you want to be a bit careful about that and that's that's something that's come through I did one, one of my favorite episodes of my other podcast the Cooper and Kerry have words podcast which is, is about you know god bothering um, we did an episode about um, uh, Ray Fawn Williams so mm-hmm. Ray Fawn Williams, fantastic composer. Actually, despite the fact he wrote the English hymnal, which is all the hymns for the sort of the Church of England, didn't consider himself a Christian. Um, and, mm. you know, but what he wanted... Socialist, to, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, but I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not exclusive, but sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But son of a vicar um, and 
uh, I would argue he's kidding himself. You can't write that kind of music and not be a believer. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> but he saw himself as a servant, as an artist, uh, not an impresario uh, to whom everyone should bow. And so he did the English hymnal because there was a job to do. And he thought, I can do that. And he even wrote some hymns and some tunes that were sort of missing, that, needed, that were needed. He had a friend who was a tuba player and knew that there wasn't an awful lot of orchestral music for tuba. So he wrote a symphony for tuba. He wrote symphonies for underserved um, instruments and those sorts of things. And it just, you know, just helped me think, what is an artist? Well, an artist, to some extent, should be a servant. Um, and so an entertainer is someone who is serving the audience by giving them laughs. Now, an artist is, to some extent, trying to bend the audience to their will um, and s smack them around the face a few times or, or, you know, enthrall them in some way. And that's fine. But, but I think there is that difference and balance between art and entertainment. And I think a sitcom is an entertainment. And I think... If you are therefore going to um, irritate your audience by doing something that is completely off what you think they're going to, what you, you know, what the audience are expecting, I don't think they're going to like it. Um, mm. So, and if you don't like that kind of thing, well, that's fine. I mean, I'm sure there are some sitcoms that sort of delight in, um, you know, sort of. If Stuart Lee wrote a sitcom, it would be sort of intentionally unwatchable, wouldn't it? And it would berate you. <laughs> Uh, for watching it and you know I immediately now want to see that but as a general um, rule that's not what yeah. the audience want is it <laughs> I, th I, I, I funnily enough I had been thinking about uh, this exact uh, thing uh, having recently ha uh, been chatting with him about other other issues yeah that, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's not going to happen oh okay well, I mean I'd, I'd like it but I, I'd like I to see too, it but uh, I'm not sure I'd enjoy it as as far as he's concerned, he is not ever going to try and be anyone other than himself yep. uh, in anything. But then again, you know, uh, not going at Lee, Lee Mack by, but but you know, by his own admission, is not a, a great actor. But he surrounds himself with brilliant actors, yeah, and he just does lines that would fit perfectly into his stand-up set or into an episode of Would I Lie to You, um, you know, which is what he does brilliantly. But um, he's got these fantastic actors and this sitcom set around him and nobody minds, yeah. you know, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and he's an entertainer, isn't he, as well? Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. He just, one of the best. And I think, uh, yeah, and I think we live in this sort of world where that kind of thing is still slightly frowned upon. But actually, it is a noble and wonderful thing to make people yeah. laugh. And it's, and it's really interesting because actually thinking about it now, Lee has been kind of at the top, of, as it were, for 15, 16, 17 yeah. years. He's never, he's never quite been, you know, um, the absolute, you know, Morecambe and Wise level. Yeah. But, at the, you know, you can look back at... at his body of work, which is basically not going out and would I lie to you? Yeah. And that's, two, you know, two consistently hilarious shows. Um, you know, great, a uh, great audience sitcom. Mm. Uh, not to everybody, not, not perfect, not going out, but certainly would I lie to you? You know, a, a, a very much loved uh, TV show. Mm. And that's a fantastic, and that that's really all, he has done other things as well, but, 
you know, the amount of uh, that he is given, you know, the, to, to just being doing what he does, which is being himself. Yeah. And, you know, he's better at that, at that kind of thing than ninety nine point nine percent of every all the other stand ups. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, so he has pretty well stuck to that week in week out and you know it's a fantastic body of work 13 series is it now? yeah Not 13 ser- series 13 has literally just started yeah and a uh, friend of the show uh danny peak has um has been tweeting about it as well and you know he's really yeah. really pleased with it and uh you know what's what's not to like a proper a proper mm. honest um half hour comedy with with lots of jokes so yeah. um yeah uh yeah Cool. What inspired us to do this podcast in the first place? The audience sitcom, our love of audience sitcoms, I think. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and that, mm. so, and in a way, I think that's the other thing. If we're coming back to last ever episodes, and we will be naming mm. and shaming um, <laughs> and praising uh, shortly, but I think if you are in love with a sitcom, A, you're sad it's ending, but B, you sort of, it matters to you how that last episode goes it's like Mm. it is like saying goodbye to people that you've come to love or at least get to know and therefore you sort of want the best for them but also you want people to get their just desserts and all that kind of thing and so but also it has to be more of the same it has to have it has to be almost typical and that's why and i'm going to name and shame my favorite american (laughs) sitcom is Seinfeld. <laughs> I really from. don't like the last episode. Yeah. I think it's stupid. Um, <laughs> and I just can't get on board with it. And it really yeah. annoys me that a show as smart as that, you see, if they'd stuck to their guns and had been as nihilistic and about nothing as they said, the last episode should have been just about nothing. It should have just been just another episode. And yeah. there should have been maybe a couple of lines at the end to say, oh, that's the end of it. Um, you know, but that so for me that's one of the real clangers. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think sometimes as well this is where you know when a show is so big and successful and mm. it's bigger than the the thing the people that created it. Yeah, and so this kind of this situation arises, and I was going to mention uh, Gilmore Girls, which manages to be one of my favourite final episodes in the first uh, seven seasons that they did of, you know, massive hundreds of... hundred and plus episodes, nearly 200 probably. Uh, No, 150. Um, And then one of my least favourites, which is they came back several years later and did a four feature-length episodes, uh, which were deeply, deeply unsatisfactory. But... The kind of the ending of Gilmore Girls um, versus the ending of Seinfeld, and it's all about the the the, the, the creator. And I think what happens basically, Larry David uh, left, didn't he, yeah. at the end of series eight? Yeah. And it lost everything. Um, and, and in fact, the most of series nine is it's a sort of it's if you got a. You know, the current AI, if you said to AI now, you know, write an episode of Seinfeld, it could do it. You right. Know? Uh, but it's the 
and you'd get so much, you know, you can have Jerry being funny in his room and uh, Kramer and, uh, yeah. Kramer and George being funny and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, and uh, all the stuff with Elaine. And then they'd have them in the cafe and something funny happened there, and you know. But it just that kind of little moment of Larry David magic that's yeah. missing. And I think they got Larry David back, didn't they, to write the last two... Right. Uh, the, to the last two episodes. And it was kind of a bit like, you know, okay, Larry, how much, how much, you know, how yeah. much are we going to have to pay you to come back and write this? At which point he's already, you know, he's, we, we, we now know if we didn't know them, we know for sure what Larry David is like. And, yeah. you know, come back. I'm not coming back. Yeah. You can't persuade me to come back. Here's another naught on the check. Yeah. I am not coming back to write your thing. Here's another naught. Okay, I'll come back. See, but I don't care what I write. See you Monday. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. 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 See you Monday. See you Monday, you but go. I'm going to write something script. you're going to hate. Yeah. yeah. Here's the script. Bye. I'm off now. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me to sit here for another minute. So, so from that point of view, I, I sort of get why it was kind of what they're in jail what's going on here what yeah. the bloody hell's going on so, you know um i i sort of get that but with gilmore girls a similar thing happened basically uh amy sherman palladino was gradually kicked off um but that's a show in which uh, as with all rom-coms the whole point of a rom-com is to keep apart the people who you know in scene one episode one are going to get together mm. and they managed to, to keep the, them apart for five series right. um you know five 110 48 minute episodes they managed to keep the two people who we all knew were going to get together they managed to keep them apart so then series six became a bit of a kind of they're together i think it's a sort of niles daphne kind of thing yeah. where it's like but the whole thing They've spent all that time. So Series 6 has sort of started to fall apart. And by the end of that, Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino were, were, were sacked from yeah. their show. So Series 7 became, OK, we've got to make this couple part and they've got to bring them back together for the final finale of, a, of and they can, and that's the end so and they did a pretty good job of that I think even though Amy Shim Palladino wasn't there but that was all they had to do whereas with Seinfeld it was like you know we need Larry David and we haven't got Larry David mm. and that's I think that's why that ending was so bad yeah yeah anyway I, I don't know if it's widely considered to be bad but I, I didn't like it at all yeah. Um, What's your favourite, though? So um, my favourite is actually possibly no surprise to listeners, and uh, the last episode of Cabin Pressure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't that. see how you could end a sitcom better than that in a way that is <laughs> that gives your characters resolution, but they're not they're not wildly different. They don't learn. They're, they're not different people, but everything is just changed. And also, there have been little breadcrumbs all along the way that you knew that this was going to be the ending. Um, or at least once you get to the end, you then realise that everything's been heading in this direction for a little while and you hadn't really spotted it. And there are some lovely <laughs> reveals um, yeah. and it still feels like a proper episode or double episode mm. uh, of Cabin Pressure. So that, that to me, I've, I've, not seen a, I've not seen anything get wrapped up better than that. Um, yeah, that would be my my hot, hot tip 
hilariously, David Tyler, who's been on the show many times, yeah. and as uh, James will agree, I think is probably the cleverest man that either of us have ever met or will ever meet in <laughs> yeah, our yeah, lives, yeah. hadn't spotted um, that, you know, the Cabin, uh, Cabin Pressure's 26 episodes. And I don't think he spotted until episode 26, Zanzibar, that Zurich. every episode was A, B, C, D. And a, I don't uh, think that's he, quite he, right. I think episode... He mentioned I think it the in final one episode, of the episodes. The final episode is, is Zurich, I think, isn't it? Oh, Zurich, um, sorry, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I think it was only round about series three that he did spot once they got to MN or, you know, I, th- I think yeah. it was... But yeah, he didn't it notice... It certainly took him a long time. It certainly, to, he didn't notice A, B, C, D, E, F for the series yeah. one. And then, and then... But here's the other great little bit, is the, the, the next flight at the end of episode 26 is to Addis Ababa. So it's, <laughs> if there had been an episode 27, it would be to an AA. <laughs> Presumably the next yeah. one would be to Baden-Baden, but I don't know where you yeah. go after that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, be struggling, uh, I think. I don't know, be... you, could probably, you, could, you could probably do most of them, but let's not, I mean, yeah. and that in itself is the kind of game <laughs> that they would play in the cockpit when they're doing those word games to pass yeah. the time. Uh, so um, so yeah that is an absolute model of how to literally land a plane when it comes Mm -hmm. to finishing off uh, your sitcom and of course there are lots of so on Twitter there were lots of suggestions and many people said Blackadder goes forth which I I think is fine I I think it is a it it is extremely memorable and poignant but the Mm. only and it was a very good way to end that particular series. So in a way, it was already off to a flyer because they were already yeah. in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. But the thing I would say is that ending on something that is emotional rather than funny mm. is yeah. an awful lot easier than ending on something that's funny and satisfying. So I don't know. I, I didn't. I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think that the fact that it ended like that meant it was one of the best. I just think it was memorable mm. and it was suitable. And there yeah. are a couple of brilliant lines on the way to that. My, my favourite one probably being when um, he says to George, have you got your bat on? And George says, mm. absolutely. I wouldn't want to face a machine gun without this. You know, <laughs> and he holds up his bat on, you know, and that's sort of yeah. just before that very final scene. So, yeah. so it, it's, it's perfectly done and I love it to bits. Mm. But it's it's not a particularly typical example. Yeah, we 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 got a lot of responses, and I think I'd, I I would include uh, with Blackadder, which isn't sort of the sort of sitcom that I, I much you know it's an audience sitcom and it's the same people doing it, but it but it is kind of a different thing each time. First of all, that's the first thing I'd say, a different self-contained story. But the other, a lot of people chose things like The Wonder Years and uh, Malcolm mm. in the Middle, and these are shows that are going to end because they're based on people who will change who you know people do change 13 year olds do change mm. um and so that's the uh th- th- those have been chosen a lot interestingly uh britas empire is chosen as the best and the worst <laughs> by quite a, by a few people i don't remember i don't really know it well enough to know what the last whether the whether or not people have chosen the good place which for me, uh, it sort of was too much of a 
too plot heavy, really. Right. I felt um, somebody also somebody like the Good Life, and we've sort of said on oh. this podcast before that it's just a bizarre, ill-fitting yeah. last episode uh, to yeah. a much loved and fairly cosy series. So yeah. um, that were, that was a bit of a weird one. Yeah, and uh, I think that the. Um, so uh, a few people have mentioned Parks and Rec, which I I, I sort of felt was one of those <clears throat> that definitely was a series too long. I loved Parks and Rec. I love you know ninety percent of Parks and Rec. I would say is mm. is, is among my favourite American sitcom. But it did that last series felt like a hang on no, it should have ended the series before. So, I, I, yes, for me generally, if I don't remember the last episode, I'm probably yeah. more or less happy with it. So I don't really remember the last episode of Parks and Rec, but it was probably quite emotional and yeah, sad, yeah. and everybody moving on and that kind of thing. And I and I guess that's sort of okay, but yeah, um, yeah. I'd, I'd like to mention which I'd, one I'd forgotten about, but somebody uh, mentions that uh, in here, which is uh, Dinner Ladies. Mm. Uh, and and actually, I thought about that because I did. I, I remember, you know, I always remember sort of liking Dinner Ladies, and not not ever being the sort of show that say, oh, you know, this is the great show. But actually, watching that last episode again reminded me of a few uh, a few things that I'd forgotten about. Uh, number one, Victoria Wood is just or was just, you know, a fantastic sitcom actor. Mm. Um, what an extraordinary performer. You think of all the things that Victoria Wood was so good at, and you start with, you start with, she writes incredible character sketches um, for, uh, you know, Susie Blake and, and um, what was Hyacinth Bucket? I've forgotten um, her yes, name. Yes, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, but you know, so her characters and uh, you know, so so that's the first thing you think of, and then I don't know, well, for me anyway. And the second thing I think of was oh, you know, uh, Acorn Antiques, um, and uh, that lovely, brilliant spoof of soap uh, songs, great songs, great stand-up. Yeah, uh, you know, oh, and she wrote sort of serious plays and things as well. They were very good, um, and. Uh, but then you know that, that that last episode of Dinner Ladies, stra- extraordinary performance and brilliant, brilliant episode and a lot of pathos in there. But funny, funny, funny. Not a lot. Didn't allow the pathos to get in the way. And it was yeah. a last episode. It was definitely a oh they're closing it down, etc. So yeah. you know there's no there's no pretense of it being anything else. And her mum dies. Her mum played by Julie Walters, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, dies. And there's, there's this one little scene where the mum had recorded a video for her to watch, yeah. uh, and they watch it at the end. But everything else just takes place pretty much in one space. That was the thing that really made me go, oh, my God, th- this is the definition of a perfect audience sitcom. Yeah. It all takes place. And there's lots of really exciting stuff that goes on in other places, and the whole there's a whole thing at the end where they chuck the uh, bin bag away. They have to go and get the bin bag from the bin lorry and stuff. Yeah. But they kind of build the excitement in the room, and then everybody go. Most people leave the room and go and sort out getting the bin bag back. And you know, you just you you automatically think, okay, cuts to next scene, the bin men. Yeah. 
but not Victoria Wood. It's like, no, she's just staying here. She's in the in the canteen. She's in the room. A little scene, really nice little scene. And then everybody comes back, and it's all worked out, and and that's that's it. And it it's just it is perfect, and it just really makes me think. Yes, you can you can write audience sitcom. You can do there. There is still space for a really good funny easy to make audience sitcom yeah. no big you know there weren't any big uh you know you think about the sort of things that happen in like the young ones or what you know the kind of funny sitcom physical things so it's just it's brilliant i really really like that yeah no i've so. i mean and it also people forget i mean it was the millennium wasn't it and mm. uh the audience figures were starting to go down and I think it, it only got about 9 million or something like that. I mean, it was absolutely <laughs> thwacking great big audience. In fact, no, that one in particular, I think, was much more than that. I think it was definitely 10 plus or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, a very, a very, very different world um, mm. To, mm. from one that we live in today, undoubtedly. Um, mm. So, yes, yeah, so another one on the um, thing, somebody mentioned Heidi High. And I do actually yeah. remember the yeah. last episode of Heidi High, when it actually went out. And I remember watching it uh, as a kid. And, you know, uh, Peggy finally becomes a yellow coat, which was mm -hmm. the one thing we've been waiting, even though that was the moment that the actual holiday camp closed down. Oh, um, yes, I do remember that, actually. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, um, yeah, that was kind of a... I, I don't know. I, see, I remember that one being as generally a relatively satisfactory kind of mm. um moment um yeah but um but yeah so mm. uh, there are a few one or two others uh that were mentioned as well um let me just find them where is that uh, oh sorry i've got lots of documents open here we yeah. go uh, yeah um yes because uh, scrubs in terms of series one that went on a series too long scrubs is probably not mm. a great you know it's did probably go on slightly too long and I think they knew that but they were trying to almost relaunch it because I think even Zach Braff wasn't even in the last series very right. much yeah um so I don't remember the last episode of 30 Rock which again I take to be a good sign I don't remember it yeah. annoying me um yeah someone mentions Cheers I don't remember the last episode of Cheers I have seen it, but again, I don't mm. remember it. And again, that was a gigantic TV event. That was the biggest TV, non-sporting yeah. TV event in American TV history since MASH, you know. Um, yeah. So. Uh, That's true. Yeah. yeah. Same, same writers as well, wasn't it? I think a lot, a lot of the same writers. Yeah, but there probably would have been, been a bit of overlap there, definitely. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. yeah, so it's, it's hard, isn't it, to know? Because one, one could easily yeah. try to give a checklist of what should a last episode do. And in a way, mm. it really depends on the, on the series, on the characters, whether this is the last of a much-loved, massively large number of episodes show, whether this is the 12th or 18th episode mm. of a more boutique sort of thing. How you end Detectorists is completely different from how you would end not going out. Yeah, and so, yeah. But one particular thing you would say is you'd still want it to resemble the show that people love don't you you don't want to deviate yeah. f far away from that because otherwise it's just a different thing different beast hmm. well i just want to mention one last uh show which which is mentioned there briefly but uh, um 
I think probably my favourite ending of all time is uh, The Office, the UK mm. Office. And what I love about that is it is the same. It's the, the characters are the same all the way through, even both Christmas episodes, I think, Christmas, or the, the Christmas special, I think there's only one. Um, so we're talking about, I think, about sort of seven hours of TV in total. But it's that moment, the moment comes about sort of 10 minutes before the end of the Christmas special where David Brent has a moment of self-awareness. Mm. And that's all it requires is just this little moment where he is trying to sort of join in with all the kind of joshing and stuff and Chris Chris Finch and, or whatever he's Finchy, called, Chris yeah. Finch uh, uh, says... You know, oh, everybody hates you, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course they do. No, 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 really, Brent. Everybody, everybody hates you. And it's sort of like, oh. And it's like the two years of what it's taken us of watching that, it's like he has finally got what we all saw in first minute of episode one and what made us love that show so much. Yeah. This is him playing this character. And that moment of self-awareness meant that's it. No more office. Yeah. You can't make any more of that show apart from 10 years later, you know, when you revisit it. But that's okay. Let's ignore that. And let's mm. just say that's a perfect thing. And actually, I thought I'd quite like to mention this now because, weirdly, the week before you emailed mm. me and said, oh, I, I, I want to not do this show anymore. I I had a moment of uh, self-awareness, which which kind of uh, surprised me. Mm. And I didn't realise it until after you said, let's not do the show anymore. And it was the week earlier I'd been writing about my diary and what my priorities are for the next three or four months and that, getting this book right here, getting the novel done and getting this done and that done. And I just had written those sort of throwaway sentences that um, I'm probably, you know, uh, I'm, I'm probably, you know, if I admit to myself that I'm never going to get another sitcom made, I might as well never write another sitcom. Da, 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 da. And then we said, let's not do the show. And I went back to that and I just thought, gosh, I've just written in my diary that I am never going to write another sitcom. Hmm. And I thought, oh, well, you know, you say one says these things and... <laughs> Uh, but then, uh, with the idea in the top, in my head at that point as well of uh, let's stop doing sitcom geeks mm. while while we're still enjoying it, and I thought, yeah, let let me be the guy who is not going to ever try and write another sitcom again. Yeah. Um, and it was a f interesting moment of self awareness, yeah. and it's kind of. Ha has liberated me in some ways and also made me very very sad mm. you know uh, uh you know i'm kind of working i'm still i'm still processing the idea but actually i i think you know now this this feels like a good episode to say it uh is um that i think i i am probably unlikely to uh ever want to write one unless <laughs> having watched that victoria wood one uh, again yeah half an hour, a couple of hours before we recorded this, I thought, if someone were to ask me to write an audience sitcom, yeah. uh, I would do that. 
but yeah. I'm not I'm not actually going to try writing any more sitcoms now. Right. And uh, so I thought that would be a nice bombshell ending for yeah. this. Uh, no, for that's that's fascinating. Show. And it, and and the flip side of that is. I'm stop. I want to stop doing this because I want to write another sitcom, and I, I would yeah. like to write a sitcom that is on at eight thirty on BBC One, is wildly successful, and when the Christmas special comes along, it's on the front page of the Radio Times, <laughs> and you know what I mean. It's like, and that that's the thing I really want to aim for. And if I don't want that, then then I should probably I should probably go and do something else. Um, yeah. So uh, so yeah, in a way, it's we're we're kind of going our separate ways both but but for opposite but linked reasons i think um yeah i think that's that's what's happening here so um well. <laughs> we, can, we can hear the janitor start to sweep up uh, around us <laughs> yeah. and uh, the lights in the bar are being flashed on and off um yeah. and we're all drinking up so um so yeah i think we'll we'll probably call it a day there i think so yeah that's been it's been a blast mm. uh i have enjoyed every minute and i've actually learnt how to do technology finally <laughs> yes the the final flawless technical performance yeah. is on i've the got very my i've got my yellow coat in yeah. technology yes that's right finally <laughs> yeah. i can pass finally. it on and in a comic way yeah. it immediately acquires <laughs> redundancy the moment it is passed uh passed across so here is your yellow coat dave yeah. uh for thank services you. Thank to, you, James. to technology um, thank you, Dave. Thank you to the British Comedy Guide, who have mm. um, done nothing but massively support us in this show throughout the entire time and have fallen over themselves comically to help us um, and to do everything they can and have faithfully put up episodes all the time even when and reminded us uh, when we've not sent them the audio files and all that kind of business. And... Um, and thanks very much to our Patreons. We would have packed this yeah. in a long time before had it not been for the Patreons giving us proper real-time feedback and encouragement, enthusiasm, questions, uh, all of those things too. And that can continue. There's still access on the Discord chat. Um, there's lots of extra audio to listen to. If you've just tuned in, this is your first episode, 222, <laughs> and you're thinking, oh, that's a shame. Well... Um, there's plenty more where that came from so um, join the Patreons and you could monthly meet up uh, with Dave and discuss the first 10 pages uh, of something and I'm sure that will be a really interesting conversation so um, we're still on Twitter, we're still on various other offices, I'm on Substack Dave's website uh, is up and running, get on his mailing list um, and, um, and thanks very much and cheerio Thank you very much. Bye-bye.